leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. From the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. The Chamberlain, he's got it. Jerry West made it from the other side of the mid-court strike. To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe. From way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron. For three for the win! Yes! LeBron James! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan! It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and uh, on this week's episode, I have a very special guest. He is a SBC alumni from Las Vegas this past July, and he's also a fellow participant in uh, my fantasy basketball league that I'm in, Cosmic Lightning is the name of the league. His name is Darius Scott. Darius, thanks so much for uh, for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. What's going on? You know, just uh, you know, watching a lot of NBA and uh, enjoying that. And I figured we would uh, we would discuss the Orlando Magic because that was one of the one of the conversations I was able to have with you was the and I learned that you were a uh, Orlando Magic fan. And uh, you don't hear that too often, and uh, I imagine you don't uh, do, don't get too many opportunities to talk Orlando Magic. Not at all. It, it's, it's actually it's actually funny that uh, you brought the idea of talking about. It. I'm thinking nobody wants to do that, so if I have the opportunity to, I'm absolutely going to put that in. Yeah, you know, I um, I I, uh, I love basketball so much. I was willing to uh, to uh, to take on a study of the Orlando Magic. I've been watching them, and and the good news is the Magic have been have been playing pretty good basketball as of late. They've won seven of their last ten games. They've got a nine and nine record overall. Which, uh, if uh, if the playoffs started today, the Orlando Magic would be in the playoffs as the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, just looking at some of their basic numbers there. They're 20th in offensive rating, uh, 14th in defensive rating. And as I said, they're on a little bit of a hot streak. But uh, Darius, what are uh, what are some of the key factors for this run that Orlando has been on? Surprisingly, defense has not been an issue for them, um, at least not yet. I'm, I'm expecting that to pop up because Orlando just happened. They seem to do this every year where they fool you into thinking they're going to be good by getting off to a hot start. Last year, it was, I believe, a 5-2 and two start, and Aaron Gordon was shooting like something crazy, like 50% from three. And, of course, that came crashing back down to earth very quickly. But the defense has been a, 
their success. And I'm I'm just wondering myself, how long is that going to keep up? Like, when is when is that just going to like in years past going to come crashing back down to earth? Yeah, and 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 a big part of that, uh, you know, their their star player Nikola Vucevic, he's having what it would be a career year for him, and you know, he's averaging 20 points per game, over 11 rebounds. Uh, you know, shooting uh, over 55% from the field and around 42% from three on over 2.5 attempts per game. So, you know, shooting the ball really well. And and as you said, the defense hasn't been a disaster with him on the floor either. They've got a 104.8 defensive rating with him on the floor. And and he's normally been, uh, you know, kind of a sieve on that end. Yeah, because in years past, it's, it's just teams just take advantage of him when the defensive end. It's like everyone gets fooled and thinks he's like okay player because you know he tends to average pretty close, if not a double double, uh, pretty consistently. And it's just on the defensive end, he just gets taken advantage advantage of night after night. And that hasn't been the case yet. Um, and like as a fan, I'm just overly cautious that it's, <laughs> it's going to come through. But it, it it just hasn't happened yet. And so far, so good. You know, they, they've beaten some pretty solid competition so far. And Vucevic hasn't been an Achilles heel. Yeah, you know, he uh, he was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the week of November 12th through the 19th. And as you mentioned, beating some solid teams. They beat the Lakers, uh, and they actually beat the Lakers the night before LeBron went for 51 against Miami. So I guess they caught LeBron on a pretty good night. And then you know they they also beat the the Sixers uh, even after the uh, the acquiring of Jimmy Butler. So so yeah, it, it hasn't been a matter of just having a weak schedule. They've been able to uh, to play pretty good basketball against some stiff competition. Yeah, and earlier in this early in the season, I believe it was either their second or their third the season they beat the Celtics. Now you can have your own thoughts on what you think the Celtics are doing right now, um, but for the sake of argument, we're going to say the Celtics are a pretty good team. And they're able to, to beat the Celtics. Like uh, Magic have shown that they can grind it out with, with these teams. And even, even last night against the Raptors, they took the Raptors down to the very last shot. And unfortunately, Danny Green has a shot with point, I think it was point five seconds left on the clock. But you know they've shown that they can grind it out. They can come back. They were down by seventeen at one point, and this they, they look like they're a resilient team right now. Whether that carries on. Yeah, they. Uh, it, it is a good sign that you know they've been able to to win some games like the Lakers games that were that are really high scoring, and then also compete in. And as you mentioned, more of a a grinded out type of affair against Toronto. They again, Danny Green hitting the game winner, but Orlando was right in it in a a low nineties uh, type of ball game. And you know they've uh, they've been able to go on some some great runs. I remember in the in the Philadelphia game, they were able to go on a 21 to nothing run in the fourth quarter of that game uh, and uh, were able to pull it out on a, on a late uh, Terrence Ross 3 in the closing seconds. So yeah, it's it's been really impressive, but uh, one of the one of the concerns that I've noticed uh, in watching some of their recent games is the, their second unit ha- seems to uh, struggle offensively at times, and, and in large part, I think that has to do with the lack of spacing. You know, they've got Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Simmons, and uh, Mo Bamba all out on the floor at the same time in those second units. It just seems like they don't quite have enough spacing, and, and it uh, it usually results in Terrence Ross having to take high-difficulty shots. Yeah, and uh, let's not forget <laughs> Jerry and 
and Grant's out there too. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> that's a whole other uh, conversation in itself. But I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the team expected, uh, you know, Mbappe. I think one of the selling points of him coming into the draft was he's going to be a stretch five, I guess, a guy that can shoot from three. And he hasn't been as consistent as you would like him to be um, in, in, in like multiple facets of the, of the game, but especially shooting shooting the three. And that's probably going to that's probably caused part of the spacing issues because Jonathan Simmons he's not going to he's not going to space the floor from three. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Isaac. He's shooting the three, but not with any type of consistency. And I don't think anyone expects that from him. He's really out the out on the floor just to be a huge defense defense presence, which he's actually done. He's been fantastic at that. But the spacing issues, like that's going to be a seasonal problem because, like I said earlier, Jeremy Grant. I mean, that guy. I, I don't. I don't know if he's a rotational NBA player. Um, and he, he, he certainly can't space the floor from three. Uh, and he has a whole lot of other issues. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge all season. All, all, all season, the second unit is just going to be a problem. And if they're able to, if, if the second unit is able to to stay in games and not get blown out, I think the success that the Magic are having right now it can continue. Yeah, you know the I was listening to the to the Magic broadcast the other night, and and they were talking about. Uh, Grant and and mentioning that uh, Steve Clifford, his goal for him is just kind of to run the offense, and I don't even really know if he's capable of doing that. He seems like the only thing he's capable of is he can he can dribble the ball up the floor, but uh, he he doesn't do anything to to sort of initiate the offense. He just makes a real basic pass and goes and stands somewhere. Uh, but you know, to to put some numbers to the struggles of this second unit, Jonathan Simmons just uh, you know, and he 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 is coming off an injury in the off season, so you want to give him a little slack. But he's shooting just thirty one point five percent from the field and uh, under twenty percent from three. His true shooting is forty one point three percent right now. So he has just been absolutely awful offensively, and and the team when when he's out on the floor, they've got an eighty eight point seven offensive rating. That's 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 not good. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that I don't think that's very good. <laughs> right, and you know uh, you you mentioned Mo Bamba being uh, you know one of the things that was very exciting about him. Obviously, the length being the the largest ever recorded at the combine. But then also the the idea that there was there was all this talk about in the workouts that his shot looked fantastic and teams were really excited about about that. But but so far he's just eight for thirty two from three on the season, and it's one of those things where you know I get that the NBA in two thousand eighteen is is very much a three point league. It's about pace and space, uh, but but it, it's questionable to me whether a guy like Bamba should be already shooting above the break threes. He seems to be somewhat more comfortable shooting, you know, in that 18 to 20 foot range. And, and, you know, if, if you want him shooting threes, why not station him in the corner? Right. And the one thing I, I, I do like about Bamba shooting the ball is he's not trigger shy. Like, or he's not gun shy. He's, he, he will pull the trigger. And I, I feel like, like his form looks good. Everything about his shot looks good. It's just not going in. So, as a team that I expected to struggle, I'm okay with that because if we're going to be bad, I, I, I'd, I'd rather the team be bad doing things that you expect them to be good at later down the line. So, I'm okay with him shooting these threes and missing those threes. 
But at some point, you do want to see them going. You do want to see him start to improve over the season uh, with these things. But like you said, 8 for uh, 32, I think was you said. Um, yep. Not great. Yeah, and I'm not at uh, Orlando's practice. I'm not around Steve Clifford to see if Bamba is just lighting it up from downtown in practice. So, you know, maybe he is, and maybe that's why he's got that clearance. But even guys around the league, like an Aaron Baines for Boston, last year in the playoffs, he was exclusively a corner three-point shooter. And now, for some reason, he's been given the freedom to take above the break threes, and that's been pretty much a disaster so far. But, uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 interesting the, that the, uh, the the starting lineup has really been uh, you know a, a very big plus for Orlando and and especially on the offensive end Aaron Gordon so far this season shooting uh, over thirty seven percent from downtown on on about four point five attempts per game uh, so he's you know uh, able to space the floor and give that starting lineup just enough spacing. and uh, you know they're, they're able to to score pretty well despite the fact that uh, they've got uh, a wound in the starting lineup who really, uh, I'm not sure, you know, you mentioned Grant, maybe not really a rotation player. I'm not sure a wound is a rotation player at this stage either. Yeah. You know, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I guess, optimistic about, about these guys that, you know, again, they get dra- drafted pretty late in the draft and then they end up making a team. Um, I believe he was taken in like, I want to say a 50 something pick. I'm not exactly sure. It was two years ago. And, I was I was I was very hopeful with it, and the fact that he actually he, he was able to make the team and sit on the bench last year, and then he was able to get some minutes. I was I was very uh, I was optimistic about what it was what he was going to be, and that was just stupid of me. <laughs> 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 he's he's not he's not great, and um, he doesn't really do anything well. I, I, I feel like one of his uh, strengths in, in college was scoring, and he can't do that well. Uh, he doesn't really defend well. I'm actually not sure why he's on the floor. So that's a huge hole in the starting lineup. I think the only good thing about that is he doesn't play a lot. He plays maybe around 15, 16 minutes a game. I know that he got into the 20s. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, what what they're doing with him, I'm not sure. And But the, the thing is with this team is depth. So if he doesn't play, then who does? Exactly. Now, yeah, the the one positive I would say about a Wundu is the idea that uh, he seems to at least on defense, uh, you know, know the scouting report and and follow some of the, the the basic strategies that they're going for defensively. I remember in the in the game on Tuesday against Toronto, he uh, he did a, a couple of times. He did a pretty good job guarding Pascal Siakam and Siakam when he's in transition he likes to spin and it seemed like on a couple of possessions Awundu knew that and got in position but Siakam just having the size advantage was still able to just shoot over him and score yeah I mean there's there's not much there's not much you can do like the, the limitations of, of, of him limitations of this team um that's the best you can ask for is just <laughs> follow the Saturn report but yeah, I, I, I feel like eventually like, we're going to see him out of the starting lineup. He'll, he'll be a bench player, then it's eventually out of the rotation. He's just he's just not a very good NBA player. Well, and that's the that's where I was kind of uh, I wanted to go is the idea of who could potentially replace him in the starting lineup. And in my mind, it should be uh, Jonathan Isaac. You know, he has shown to be a really impressive defensive player already. He had 
I believe, four blocks in the game, and he had a, a really impressive block against Joel Embiid, stuffing him at the rim. A real, uh, a real highlight defensive play. Uh, but you know, and, and you know, he's not shooting the ball well. Isaac just twenty eight percent from downtown. But you know, Awundu isn't shooting much better. He's at twenty eight point six percent. So you know, when you putting in Isaac in the starting lineup, yeah, he he might cramp your uh, spacing a little bit, but I don't think he's going to do it much more than what they currently have at that position. Yeah, Isaac was he, he was he was starting for a while, and then he had that ankle injury, um, and then he wasn't starting, obviously. And then you know the Magic went on this win streak, and I guess you know kind of superstition, you don't want to mess up a, a good thing. So I guess. Uh, Steve Clifford wanted to keep that starting lineup the same, but I feel like eventually, you know, when things normalize, uh, Jonathan Isaac needs, he needs to get back to the starting lineup because if if you're going to suffer with shooting, at least substitute defense with that. But I, but but now it brings in the other issue is you're starting Busevich, you're starting Jonathan Isaac, and you're starting Aaron Gordon. One of those guys is out of position. Right. Yeah. It's uh. It, and and you know it it. It brings up the question of their future front court as well. You know, if you replace Vucevic with Bamba, you know, those are their three kind of high-profile young players. And yeah, you know, the what's your thoughts on that in terms of do you think they can they can make that work or is the fit just too much of a problem? The idea of, of Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba being your starting front court, uh, it's, it's very intriguing just for the fact that you think of the direction where the NBA is going, where you have all these stretch moves. You have you have guys that are coming into the league like Trey Young, who are just bombing away threes, and the league is just primarily everyone is shooting more and more threes. Uh, like the, the Milwaukee Bucks are a prime example of that. And I think it's important to have bigs who can, you know, are, are very switchable, like bigs like Anthony Davis. I don't think anyone worries that if Anthony Davis gets switched on to a guard, that he's in trouble. And I feel like that's an important thing to have. And I, I feel like when you when you if you have Mo Bamba out there, you have Jonathan Isaac out there as your center and power forward. You're not too worried about switches, like. And I think that's a very that's a very key thing to have that the, that the Magic have right now. And being that they're winning, maybe they shouldn't mess with the starting lineup yet. But it would be nice to see that if if these two guys are going to be your future front court, let's see what they can do. Defensively, the offense I feel like will come, but defense is—I feel like that's that's the most important thing. So, moving on to uh, you know the the coach of this team, Steve Clifford. Obviously, this is his first season with Orlando, and and last year, you know the the Frank Vogel experiment failed in spectacular fashion. What uh, what have what has been some of your thoughts on the impact that uh, that Steve Clifford has had in the early going of this season? I think he's got these guys playing harder. Um, they're playing harder, and like we like we mentioned earlier, their defense is just so far it's been sound. Like they're not giving up terrible plays. Uh, they're not uh, making this. They're, they're just not making the same mistakes that, that they were last year. Busevich, he hasn't been the, the Achilles heel yet, and I feel like that's that's big. Like he like he he's getting the most out of this limited roster, and I feel like there's there's something to be said with that because he's eventually going to get more talent. Uh, there's, I mean, I, mean, I I've, I, I kind of feel insane saying this because they've been trying to get more talent for, I guess, the past six years since <laughs> the, the White left, and there's still not any more talent here, but you would think eventually they're going to get more talent here, and I feel like Steve Clifford's going to be able to, you know, 
get the best out of that, and eventually, like, this team will, will be good. But I, I feel like that's something Frank Vogel struggled with last year. You know, it's pretty much the same team, in, unless I'm, I'm, you add Terrence Ross, he was injured last year, at Mbamba. And this, this this is the same team from last year. And last year, they were arguably the worst team. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is pretty impressive what uh, what Clifford has been able to get out of out of not only the defense but also a a roster that that is definitely flawed and and especially at the point guard position. You know, DJ Augustine has has played has played really well and especially on this run that Orlando has had uh, when they've gone seven and three in their last uh, ten games. Augustine in that time is uh, has a true shooting percentage of seventy two percent. Uh, and and the Magic's offensive rating over the last ten games with DJ Augustine on the floor this this was just astounding when I came across this one forty three point two is their offensive rating with Augustine on the floor and their defensive rating is one twelve point six which gives them a net rating of thirty point seven beautiful <laughs> but yeah you know the. The idea that DJ Augustine in 2018 is the starting point guard, as you mentioned, Grant, we're not sure if he should necessarily even be on an NBA roster. Uh, is it as simple as if once this team gets an actual starting caliber point guard that they're going to be a playoff contender, or is there is there more work to be done with the roster than just that? So earlier this summer when we were looking at uh, like each team's offseason, and we, I, I had the fortune of looking at the Maddox offseason. Yeah, we saw that DJ Rogers, DJ Augustine was the only point guard on the roster, and you just go, you're just thinking, all right. So they're obviously going to add a point guard because nobody in their right mind would go into the into the season with DJ Augustine to start a point guard. <laughs> well, I guess what do I know? Because I'm obviously not an NBA GM. Maybe you should go into the start into the season with, with DJ Augustine as your starting point guard. I mean, he hasn't been terrible, but. He limits the ceiling on his team dramatically. Like, if you go into the playoffs, like if they're to somehow get the eighth seed, like they're 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 going to get swept because DJ Augustine he's just he's just going to be a liability on both ends of the floor. Um, like what he's doing right right now is great because you can beat teams like the Knicks, like they did the other night. They beat them, I think it was like one thirty something to one fifteen. Um, you can beat up on teams like the Lakers who. Don't care about defense right now, um, <laughs> but that's not. But that's not going to happen in, in, in the playoffs when when teams actually when teams are actually playing up for you. Like this is extremely going. This is going to backfire a lot. So I'm I'm, I'm very pleased with what he's doing right now. But DJ Augustine, he's the backup point guard. You need not 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 the starting point guard. Right. Yeah. He is a he is a perfect example of a guy that for the most part in the regular season he he I don't think he's going to hurt you too much. But yeah, when it when it comes to a playoff series and teams actually hunt a mismatch, you know he's just too small uh, to to really be somebody that you can throw out there for extended minutes. Uh, but uh, speaking of that Lakers game and, and the Lakers' porous defense, there was about three possessions in a row, I believe, in the in the third quarter of that game, where the DJ Augustine had the basketball and the Magic didn't even set a screen, and the Lakers already started to ice. The, as if a screen was happening and just kind of allowed DJ Augustine to drive to the basket and it literally he got three consecutive layups it's like what is going on yeah that's the thing with this Lakers team I feel like they don't care 
about defense. It's just it's the LeBron show, and if, if he's trying hard, everyone's trying hard. If he's not, well, I guess DJ Augustine walks straight to the basket. <laughs> yeah, you know the uh, that uh, that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, the the. The uh, the Lakers are certainly certainly fascinating, but I don't think it should surprise anyone that LeBron isn't trying that hard on defense. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Augustine, uh, you know he's um, he's a guy again in the regular season, like with his ability to shoot the three. I think this season he's shooting forty six point three percent from downtown. Uh, you know he's averaging over ten points, over five assists, sixty two point four percent true shooting. Uh, again, you know, the, the Magic's offensive rating is 129 when he's on the floor, and when any other point guard is on the floor, it's drastically worse. So, you know, as much as we're kind of ragging on DJ Augustine as a point guard, he's kind of uh, one of the key reasons why the Magic have uh, have had a, a decent start here. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he does a great job of getting to the lane and finding, finding his guys, helping create shots for them, helping create shots for himself. Um, like he's re- he's really good at, at, at those things, uh, but we're only like this is still a small sample size because it's only we're less than a quarter of the, of the season of, into the season. So I I guess I guess I've just been burned too many times to just like to know that these things are going to normalize. Where I, f- I feel like he's he's, he's obviously going to come crashing down to earth. He's not going to shoot forty six percent from three for. Uh, for too much longer, um, it would be it would be nice if he did. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and it, it's funny to think that a starting lineup featuring DJ Augustine and uh, Nick Busevich isn't getting killed defensively. It's, it's actually one of the more amazing things that I've seen in the NBA this year. Well, and and not only that, but you know Evan Fournier hasn't been known as as the greatest defender either, and he's DJ Augustine's backcourt mate. And you know one of the things that's been a little bit concerning about uh, about Fournier this season is he's he's shooting just thirty point six percent from three on uh, you know he's he's shooting it a lot. You know he's not hesitating on six point seven attempts per game. Uh, you know so so he has he has really struggled. And the the uh, the Magic offensive rating with him on the floor is at one hundred three point two, and so you know Fournier has has certainly not produced at the level that uh, I'm sure you were hoping for. He he hasn't, but I keep talking about about things are going to normalize. I feel like that's going to normalize too in a positive way. Yeah, because because his, his whole career he's, he's he's been a shooter. He's been able to score the score the ball and. That that has to come back because uh, <laughs> if it doesn't, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be looking at a probably a ten game losing streak or something like that. Um, and, but Evan Fournier, he's like he's he's too good of a player. He's he's proven in his career that he's a capable. He's probably a capable starter, to be honest with you. And I feel like if things start going bad for this team, like he was, he might be a trade like a trade option for for a lot of contending teams because Fournier gives you. That shooting, he gives you the ability to take the ball to dribble. He actually did that last night, scoring the tying bucket for, against the Raptors. Um, he like he gives you a lot of flexibility when an offensive end. And I don't think he's the worst defender. He won't he won't kill your defense, but he definitely should be your guy handling the, uh, the like the main scoring options on another team, like he does sometimes for the Magic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think his, his, his play will it'll come back to earth in a positive 
you know, talking about how the, the Magic defense has, has been better than expected, I think that is that is a couple of the things that I have noticed. is is not that uh, Fournier and Vucevic are, are, have all of a sudden become terrific defenders, but they seem to be showing more consistent effort and being in the right place more often than they have in years past. Yeah, and I think that's that's just huge. Uh, it, it's, it's just big from Steve Clifford because I thought Frank Vogel's thing coming from Indiana was he's a defensive guy, and I thought that that was going to happen in the, in the past couple of years, and it just it was it was terrible. And this year it's, it's been a, it's been a whole lot better. Uh, I don't I don't know if I can expect that to continue just because of the physical limitations of Vucevic. <laughs> very slow feet, uh, doesn't get off the ground very well, so I do expect uh, teams to be able to take advantage of him, but I mean, it, it has been a pleasant surprise from an average, if that, roster. Yeah, you know, the, there are a lot of coaches that get these reputations, as you know, as you mentioned, Frank Vogel had the reputation of being a defensive coach, but a lot of times I feel like it's it's hard to kind of uh, figure out whether it's actually the coach that's the reason the defense is good or if it was because when Vogel was in Indiana he just had really good defensive personnel with the likes of of Paul George and Lance Stevenson and, and Roy Hibbert David West uh, you know where you look at a guy like Steve Clifford and you know he he got the Charlotte Hornets who really lacked a lot of defensive talent to to be at least okay on that end so you know it's uh, it's interesting yeah you know Going into the year, I would probably have said, you know, yeah, Frank Vogel, uh, he's probably more likely to get a team to be uh, a good defensive group. But uh, perhaps Clifford is uh, is a little bit better uh, as a uh, as a mastermind on that uh, on that side of the ball. Yeah, and I I, I kind of think that's, a, that's an interesting conversation because uh, like I, like to me, fifty percent of defense is just effort because uh, like a lot of times you, like you'll see guys like, I, I think like John Wall biggest defender of this he's just just not trying well and speaking of speaking of the wizards you know scott brooks i feel like had a had a reputation as a defensive minded coach coming from okc and the wizards have been uh, an absolute wreck on that side of the floor yeah Yeah. so so that's why i like i don't want to like it's like like sometimes like you don't know if it's the coach or the players because if you have guys like, like I was saying, like John Wall, who's just you know just not going to give consistent effort, then it's truly hard to just to say, well, it's the coach's fault because maybe his system would work if you know John Wall would actually try to get around to that the screen. Yeah, that that is a that is a fascinating fascinating discussion, and yeah, it's it's interesting to see what coaches can get those players to consistently give effort, and and which ones can't. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I feel like the uh, the the ones that actually can are uh, are are the minority in, in a lot of situations. But uh, one of the one of the other things I thought was uh, was real interesting, and I think is one of the keys to to, to Orlando's success on the offensive end. Again, going back to Nikola Vucevic. Is they run this action where, uh, and they run this quite often, where they have Vucevic setting a screen for Fournier, and he's uh, he basically just curls into the lane. And again, if the defense switches that play, then you've got uh, basically the other team shooting guard guarding Vucevic, and Orlando will just attack them in the post, that player in the post. And uh, if you don't switch, then Fournier has a uh, a head of steam going towards the basket, and. And you know he has shown that he's uh, he's got a decent all-around game to either get to the basket or finish in the mid-range. 
Yeah, and as much as like I, I don't think I've been giving Vucevic enough credit. He is a very skilled post player. So if he has a mismatch under, under, underneath the basket, more than likely he's going to take advantage. Uh, he, I don't want to say he finishes great around the rim, but he knows how to. But he knows how to score the basketball. He knows how to get himself in position to score the basketball. Um, and like you said about Fournier, he's he's been very good at finding ways to get to the rim. And that pick and roll action that 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 that, that they have is it's it's one of the, it's one of the better things they can do. I I, I see them do that a lot. Um, the problem is. When it when it comes time to kick the ball <laughs> to someone else to shoot, there's nobody else to shoot because you have Aaron Gordon playing the three, and that just drives me insane. But <clears throat> when it comes to those two players, that action, yes, it's it's a very it's a it's a very good uh, it's it's a very very good play. The the other thing I've noticed that they they do a lot this year, and you'll have to let me know if if this is something that they they normally do or if this is or if this is something new, but they seem to be letting Vucevic kind of handle the ball quite a bit and do a lot of uh, dribble handoff types of, of things. And, you know, I, I've always known he, he was a decent passer, but it seems like they're allowing him to, to utilize that skill set even more this year. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of new. Uh, we knew Vucevic was a pretty skilled passer in, in years before, but that wasn't really something that Frank Bowman tried to take advantage of. Um, so, so seeing him more in dribble handoff situations and more just with the ball in his hands, ready, ready to make plays, that's a good thing. Um, but the, the problem, the problem comes down to if, if, if he's dishing the ball, he needs people that are that know how to score, and there just there just aren't too many of those guys. Yeah, it's um, they they certainly are lacking a lot of a lot of talent on the perimeter. But uh, you know, another thing that he's uh, he's been pretty good at as well as when the when the defense kind of overreacts to the to the potential handoff, he'll just turn and, and take a shot as well. And and the fact that he's shooting over forty percent from downtown has has really opened a lot of things for for teammates. So I want to put uh, I want you to put on your kind of your your GM hat uh, here for a second. And you know in in regards to the fact that uh, you talked about that that Aaron Gordon you know probably. Is not uh, is not a great fit at the at the small forward position. He's he's his skill set is best at the four, and it's probably the same with a guy like Jonathan Isaac. Uh, it, would would you consider trading one of those guys if you can get a decent haul in return, or would you try to uh, would you try to to see if it can can work out with the two of them? So I'm at a crossroads with that, and I I, I feel like you were going to bring that up, so I kind of went over that in my head like earlier today um they need to play isaac and gordon at the four and the fives uh, more often because i want to see how that looks because i i think that can be very very dangerous lineup with jonathan like jonathan isaac as we spoke about he's just a very good defensive player and aaron gordon when he's in the when he's playing at the power board which i think is his best position he can he can add a whole lot to your team uh so i would i want to see that more because if if that lineup can work out, then I think you have to explore other other options with your team. If you, if you want to move forward with you know Isaac at five and Aaron Gordon at four, you can probably keep Aaron Gordon because the guy is only twenty three. Uh, he's twenty three with room to, to still grow. 
you can still get better. Right. And Jonathan Isaac has, I think he's 20 or 21. He has plenty of room to grow. So the, the potential for this team is there. You, I, 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 I've yet to see what, uh, like, a consistent uh, floor time with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac playing your playing as, as your front court. And once I see that, I'd, I, if that works out, I'd be I'd be willing to move some other pieces to get some other assets. Yeah, that's uh, you know I, I completely agree that that lineup is is very exciting, and I I would like to see more of that. the The issue though, it just goes to the, back to the center position. The fact that Vucevic has probably been the Magic's best player this season. So you know, either uh-huh. you either you get rid of him and probably hurt yourself in the present, which wouldn't necessarily be the worst case scenario for Orlando right now. Uh, but uh, and, and then also with Bamba, uh, you know, the they just used a, a high draft pick. I believe he was sixth overall uh, to to get Bamba this uh, this year. And you know, you want to see him grow as well. Uh, so so it, as much as I agree with you that it's ex- it'd be exciting to see to see Isaac at the five. I just don't know how that that can happen in, with their current roster. Yeah, and that's. That's what I struggle with because you want to see Bamba on the floor, and I think he's strictly a center. You want to see Isaac on the floor, and I think he can flip, or he should be floating between a power forward and a center, but sometimes they have him a small forward, which I guess he can do, but I don't think I don't see why you would limit your one of your better players to that position. Um, and then Aaron Gordon should be a forward. So it's, it's a very confusing situation. I, I guess like it's a different conversation you put into and have like why why would you draft this one? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but and, and then like 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 you said with Vucevic, he's the best player right now. But he's on the last year of his deal, and you can you can get something for him if, if you realize what we all realize that this team doesn't have a future with with Vucevic, Trade him and, and get something for him. Get something for him because you're not going to resign him, and you're going to probably walk. Either way, this season, I think that's that's the first domino. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, again, depending on how how Orlando continues to play. You know, if they if they stay in the playoff race in the East, that might mean that they're more likely to hold on to Vucevic versus if they if they start to like they did last year, fall off a cliff. Uh, you know, yeah, it would probably precipitate a, a move happening there. But uh, I was also curious to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, we, we both think very highly of Jonathan Isaac as a, as a defensive player. What are your thoughts on his ceiling as an offensive player, and what do you think's his offensive role, uh, you know, what would be the, the best way to, to utilize him on that end of the floor? So I've, I've seen some, some things I like from him. His willingness to shoot is a good thing. He's he, he takes uh, some, some shots where you know he, he just pulls up and shoots, and sometimes they go in, but sometimes they don't. But I think that's okay. I, I think that's okay. Shoot because I'd I'd rather you shoot and miss than be like Mark Edwards or Ben Simmons and just don't shoot at all. Uh, right. And so I, I feel like in, in, involving. I feel like they can definitely involve him in. Similar actions that they involve uh, Vucevic now, because if Jonathan Isaac can, can can prove that you know he can knock down a consistent jumper at some point, you know maybe this year or next year, then he can like he can kind of be that player at least from the perimeter because.
because he, he's also shown that he can put the ball on the floor. So with those two things, with John, with a uh, with his with his length and his, I, I, I feel like I feel like he could he could be a very good good offensive player. Yeah, and you know compared to compared to Vucevic, you know I think he uh, Isaac would have a lot more potential playing a, a role of like a. Uh, of a Clint Capella, where he kind of acts as a rim runner at times as well, because he does have that length and and pretty good athleticism to to do that on the offensive end as well. Especially again, if he's if he's playing at the five. Yeah, I mean he like he, he has a lot of a lot of tools in his belt that that he can use. That honestly, they're they're probably not going they're probably not going to get seen this season just because of the personnel. But I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that once Jeff Isaac gets unleashed, it's going, it's going to be, it's going to be something, something good to see. All right, so uh, I guess uh, my my last question. It, it seems like you've you've already kind of answered this, but uh, I was just curious uh, as as far as you know the the Magic being in the playoff race. Do you do you see them continuing? And I think it's it's a little bit more possible given how the the bottom portion of the East has kind of played out here. With the Wizards, I think are uh, five games under five hundred. Same with the Miami Heat. Uh, you know the Cavs are, are horrendous. Uh, you know the a lot of the teams at the bottom of the East are, are really struggling. Do you do you see any scenario in which the the Magic can continue this this playoff push the rest of this year? So I don't think so, and I I think we'll get that answer soon um, because I believe they're heading out west. Uh, Either the next game or the game after that, they're going on a West Road trip. So the West is is obviously the better conference, and we're going to and like we're we're going to see if they can actually keep keep this level of play up because if they go out there and get and get, and get crushed, well, then I think that <laughs> I think that's going to be like the real team. If they go out there and say they're five hundred, I think there's something to be said for that, and maybe they should try and continue on this pace. Maybe try and go for an eight seed or something like that. Give the fans something to cheer for. But I wouldn't be surprised if this West Road trip just is they win one or maybe two games and it's just a, a reality check. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really fascinating to see if uh, over the next couple of weeks, if if yeah, as you said, if they're if they're still around five hundred, maybe they uh, they actually become buyers near the trade deadline and and look for maybe an additional point guard or or another wing. Uh, but but yeah, if uh, if it goes south quickly, yeah, it wouldn't shock me to uh, if they if they got rid of Vucevic because he's probably going to get uh, you know some some decent money this off season and and given they just drafted Mobamba, it wouldn't make a lot of sense wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to to pay big for Vucevic. Uh, that would that would that would hurt me if they become the buyers. That would that would that would cut me deep. Yeah, you want more draft picks for this roster. Well, uh, Darius, that was uh, that was lovely chatting with you, and uh, thanks so much for uh, for coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I, I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Duncan Dynasty. If you'd like to support the show, you can follow me and the program on Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave a rating and review. You can email me at g-bugay, B-U-G-A-Y, at O-N-U dot E-D-U. You can uh, give me any questions, comments, concerns, compliments. Be happy to uh, 
to hear from you, and uh, hopefully I can get back to you as well. You can get a hold of me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Garrett Bougay. Garrett is spelled with uh, two R's and two T's. You can also uh, catch me on Twitter at Garrett Bougay. I plan on airing episodes just about every Wednesday with occasional breaks throughout the uh, the entirety of the 2018-19 season, including the off-season. And uh, if you're if you're starving for more content, I urge you to check out any of my guests' previous material. Uh, a lot of the guys I have on have their own podcasts as well and do a lot of interesting stuff. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day. Leftovers or... The DMV Number 97. or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.